Yo, what's up? You're listening to the Keeping It Raw podcast. Keeping it real, keeping it raw on iTunes and Spotify. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you so let's make the most of this beautiful day since we're together we might as well say would you be mine could you be mine won't you be my neighbor won't you please won't you please please won't you be my neighbor hi glad to see you today i shall button my buttons on the sweater change my shoes and get ready to have some time with you in this very special studio of ours. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Keeping It Raw. I am Raw, and today we are talking about Fred Rogers. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood started back in 1968, and that intro you heard was the first time he sung It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The reason I am talking about this, the reason I'm interrupting the normal flow, is because I'm pretty excited to watch the show. See, I wasn't a big Mr. Rogers fan growing up. And in recent years, while it's become so popular to desire more people like Fred Rogers, I am jumping on the bandwagon of uh, now appreciating what this man had done. So most of you know about the new movie that's out with Tom Hanks, and why wouldn't it star Tom Hanks? Why wouldn't it star Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is great. He's going to be everybody. Usually, if you're in a movie with Tom Hanks, it's a bad thing because they're always some kind of disaster movies or some kind of, you know, castaway. Think of castaway. Soli, an airplane crash in the Hudson River. Captain Phillips, a ship that got took over by pirates. I mean, you don't want to be in a true movie-based uh, movie. Uh, that was greatly. It was well put, well put. <laughs> you don't want to be in a movie uh, about a true story with Tom Hanks, except maybe this one. And, you know, one of the interviews I saw with Tom Hanks, he was playing Fred Rogers, of course, um, and it's a big uh, Pittsburgh movie. Okay. So he comes out of the set one day, and this guy across the street sees him like, no big deal, whatever, Tom Hanks, yeah, just on my street, whatever. He sees him coming out, and he says, hey, I want you to know we take Mr. Rogers very seriously here in Pittsburgh. Probably not with that accent. Tom Hanks said that playing Mr. Rogers was very terrifying. And they asked him, what do you mean it was terrifying? You know, you've played Captain Sully, you've played Captain Phillips, you know, you've played all these different characters in all these movies. And he said, every character you play is 
difficult. But this one gave me night sweats. He said, this is the, everybody has their own version of Fred Rogers in their mind. They all know what to expect. He was the most highly publicized person he had ever played. And uh, he was just terrified that he would get, get so much wrong. You know, there was such high stakes playing this specific character. It was, it was terrifying. It was, it was terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you don't know about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, uh, I want you to know that it was the longest-running children's program in history, okay? It was until uh, after they stopped making the show because, you know, uh, he retired a couple years before he died, but Sesame Street ended up taking over. Sesame Street started after Mr. Rogers. Now, Mr. Rogers wasn't the first kid's show, but he was... Uh, the only show that had a purpose and principle. One of those principles was not only to talk straight to kids, but also not to market to children. You see, most of these children's shows have commercials. Even back then in those days, they had commercials designed, catered to children to say, hey, mom, go ask your mom, you know, to buy you this toy. You know, it's the best toy or buy these shoes because they're the best shoes that you can have. All these kids your age are having these kind of shoes, you know. So that kind of stuff, marketing to children was very crucial uh, for every other program that survived. But Mr. Rogers said, that's not what this show is about. And that's why Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood always had kind of a um, a simple stage, a simple backdrop. The show itself looked very basic. And that was because he didn't accept a lot of money because he didn't want it to be uh, bought out. He didn't want to sell out. What a legend. Mr. Rogers was known for bringing all kinds of people to his show. He wanted kids to see Everybody. He wanted everybody to be represented. When Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, he had a show dedicated to talking about assassination because he saw that the news, it was spread everywhere. Everybody was talking about it, but kids wouldn't be able to understand it. So he had a show talking about what assassination meant. He had a show uh, talking about uh, desegregation. He In his show, he decided that he was, uh, in those days... Blacks weren't allowed to be in the same pool as whites. And so on his show, he had a little kid pool and he put his feet in there and he invited uh, a man, a black man, to come on the show and put his feet in the same water so that he can show the kids that there is nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with being in the same pool as somebody that isn't like you. He had tons and tons of kids that were disabled because he wanted to let them know that they're important too. He wanted them to know, he wanted other kids to say and see the show rather and be able to say, you know what? I'm disabled and there's a disabled kid on the show, a kid who can't walk, a kid who's in a wheelchair. And Mr. Rogers not only catered to people that were like that, but he also catered to the people he brought on the show. He wanted them to know that they are special. Here's one of the songs he sang to one of the kids that was in a wheelchair. Jeff, <laughs> I'm glad to see you. Hi. Thank you very much for coming by. I asked Jeff, this is my friend Jeff Erlinger. He's one of my neighbors here. And I asked him if he would come by today. 
because I wanted you to meet him and I wanted you to see his electric wheelchair. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside you. Not the things that hide you. Not your fancy chair. That's just beside you. But it's you I like. Every part of you. Your skin, your eyes, your feeling. Whether old or new. I hope that you remember. Even when you're feeling blue. That it's you I like. It's you yourself. It's you. It's you. Now, Mr. Rogers was so uncommon that urban legends started circling. These myths, these rumors, none of which were true. Rumors like um, that he used to just flip off TV cameras, <laughs> that he had this uncharacteristic uh, 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 aggression, <laughs> a show of aggression that he would use, uh, that he fought in Vietnam that he was a violent Navy SEAL. <laughs> All of these, of course, untrue. There has never been any allegation made against him. Uh, also that he wore his sweaters to hide uh, his full arm <laughs> or his full sleeve tattoos. So these are things that they also, I guess, make fun of in the new movie uh, with Tom Hanks. But since he passed... Um, of course, they stop uh, airing his shows. Some stations will air it uh, one show every weekend. But uh, for the most part, they stopped airing the shows uh, in the early 2000s. Now, um, there has been a spinoff show. And if you are not familiar with the spinoff show and you have young children, you should watch it. You should try to watch it. Uh, it's good. When my son was uh, two and three years old, he watched it. He knew all the songs. Um, and the spinoff show is a cartoon. It's called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And it was a spinoff, of course, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And so much so that the, that the uh, intro goes like this. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Would you be mine? Tiger's neighborhood, a land of make-believe. Won't you ride along with me? Ride along. It's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, so much to do, so much to see. Won't you ride along with me? Ride along. I've got lots of friends for you and me. In this land of make-believe, a friendly face on every street, just waiting to greet you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. And Daniel. Now, I will tell you that this show 
does market to children. <laughs> there are plenty of my son even has some of the toys still right now of Trolley, of Daniel Tiger, of Daniel Tiger's mom. Uh, essentially, if you're familiar with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, all of the in the land of make believe, they're all puppets. And all of those puppets grew up and had children. And those children make up the new Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. So Daniel Tiger was one of the uh, puppets and is now a cartoon. That's what this whole show is. It has great stuff in it, though, okay? So just because it markets to kids and it sells all these toys and all this, it's still a good show. And I really liked it for Levi when he was uh, uh, that age. There's one song in particular that deals with kids getting mad and how to overcome their aggression. Levi knew this song by heart. I asked him recently, and he doesn't have any memory of it, uh, but this is that song. Daniel, remember the song? When you feel so mad that you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. You count too. One, two, three, four. Okay, I'm calmer now. Nice job, Daniel and Prince Wednesday. <laughs> now, what I'm going to give you right now is the best advice I could give any parent out there. If you are even a soon-to-be parent, if you even have any kind of contact with children, this is the song that will help you the most anytime you're with them. There are many times that you're with their, your children or children and you're doing something fun. You are at a park, you are uh, in a classroom, you are at the house, it's t almost time for bedtime and there's so much going on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting amped up for what I'm about to give you right now. Okay, and it's you find it's difficult to go from the, the one thing to another. The transition is difficult because they don't want to stop playing their game. They don't want to stop playing outside or at the park. They don't want to stop doing what they're doing. This next thing helped me so much with Levi. It's a little song. It's um, it's a longer song. It's like a minute long, but I'm going to only play like five seconds of it. The Essentially, this song uh, gives them the power to make their own decision. Okay, I'm going to stop talking and play the song, and then I'll... All right, here we go. Yes, that simple. Anytime we were at, you know, Chuck E. Cheese, we were at the park, it didn't matter where we were. All I had to do was say, it's almost time to stop, so choose one more thing to do. And he knew that no matter what, he had all this stuff that he could do. He had to just choose one more thing. So you can't just say, oh, you know, five more minutes and it's bedtime. You can't say, uh, and you can't just cut him off and say, all right, that's it. Turn it off, you know, or shut it down. Let's go. We got to go. No, you give them a choice. Say, hey, it's almost time to stop. So choose one more thing to do. And then they do it. They, you know, for a second, they'll think about what they're going to do. Then they'll pick it. And usually they want you to do whatever that is with them. And then after that, you uh, get to both say, that was fun, but now it's done. It, the idea 
It's so great. It worked. It was so practical. It was the best advice. It is the best advice I can give you as a parent, as somebody that has charge over kids. Give them the option because they feel like they're not missing out. They feel like, hey, it's time to go. But also I have this power to choose one more thing before I'm complete. By doing that, you take away their ang- their any anger, any anguish they may feel for leaving, you know, any sadness. You give them the power to choose one more thing, and they know, all right, I'm going to choose one more thing, and then we'll be done. Okay. It, it seems like it's not helpful at all. It seems like, yeah, they'll still want to keep playing, or they'll still, you know, whatever the case is. But it's not like – it was never like that, at least at that age. I haven't done it in a while. I haven't had to because now it's like, all right. Listen, buddy, <laughs> I'm going to put a timer on when that's done. That was fun, but now it's done. <laughs> so there is a little, but practically it is, it was the greatest piece of advice I ever got from this show. And uh, it's very practical. You can use it too. That was fun, but now it's done. Here's one about uh, going potty. When you have to go potty, stop and go right away. Flush and that song was great for stopping play to go potty. It's like, uh, oh my goodness, this is not a, an instructional parenting video. I'm sorry about this. Uh, this is about Fred Rogers. This song, though, it's like, it's great new age stuff. And uh, it's just it's just really good for uh, parenting. And really, I guess, children, too, <laughs> that it caters to. Mr. Rogers uh, was such a talent. He was appreciated in his time. In fact, he won an Emmy Award. And this was his speech given by Shawshank Redemption's own Andy Dufresne. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the best neighbor any of us has ever had, Fred Rogers. I will pause right here and let you know that if you've never heard this acceptance speech, that uh, it's going to make you feel some type of way. Listen to the words that he says and obey his instructions in this while he's speaking. Uh, It's pretty great. Here it is. Uh, I'll let it finish. giving generation upon generation of children confidence in themselves, for being their friend, for telling them again and again and again that they are special and that they have worth. It is my honor on behalf of everyone here and on behalf of the millions of children whose mornings you have brightened with your kindness to present you with this Lifetime Achievement Award. It's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. 
So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here, some are far away, some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are? Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends and to my co-workers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. May God be with you. Some of the things you'll often find with Mr. Rogers is, uh, one, the most notable thing when you look at him, his weight. It seems like he never changed. His weight was the same from... 1845 to the day he died. Everybody recognizes him because he looked the same. Fred Rogers' goal weight was always 143. And so he had a strict regimen. He was a vegetarian. Uh, He said he never wanted to eat anything that, quote, had a mother, (laughs) unquote. He um, woke up in the morning and spent a couple hours swimming and would step on the scale and would smile every time he saw the numbers 143 because that was his target weight, and it essentially meant something bigger for him. He eventually learned that it also meant I love you, one as an I, four, four letters of love, and three letters for you, I love you. And that meant so much to him that that when he, it was not only important that he weigh that, but also the meaning behind it. Um, He loved that pattern. Uh, I guess he was hard to interview because uh, when somebody, everybody sought to interview him, but it became a difficult interview because Mr. Rogers would always veer off the subject. He would always veer off whatever their topic was and turn the interview back on the person that was granting the interview or that was performing the interview. He would always be more interested about them than they were about him. And at the end of the interview, he would also take pictures and give them a picture. (laughs) He was known for years later uh, calling these people up just to see how they were doing. This guy was the same on camera as he was off camera. I guess that's the opposite of how I should have said it. This, This guy was the same on camera that he was off. I don't remember where I was now. You're just gonna have to forgive me. But this guy was great. He was legend. He even had uh, the lady who played the Wicked Witch in uh, The Wizard of Oz. He had the real actress come on the show to show kids that the Wicked Witch that they're scared of 
is really just a another lady that's playing uh, a mean character. And so she came on the show and even brought her hat on, her Wicked Witch hat that she wore in The Wizard of Oz and came on the show just to show them that it was fake. And uh, he did that because he knew that so many kids loved the movie but were scared of The Wicked Witch. <laughs> I mean, come on, this is great. And so the point of this podcast was to talk about Mr. Rogers. And I'm going to end the podcast with him singing the song, It's Such a Good Feeling. This is the song he ended every show with, and uh, I felt like it was the right song to end the podcast with. Now, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll be notified anytime a new podcast is available. And also, if you have any questions or things that uh, I missed or things that you want to talk about, then you can reach out to me on social media. Uh, it's probably the best way, keeping it raw in most places. But uh, here's Mr. Rogers singing, It's Such a Good Feeling. It's a good feeling when you're able to find people who like to play the kinds of things you like to play. That's one thing that helps to make friends, playing together. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will, too. You always make each day such a special day. You know how. By just your being you. Only one person in the whole world like you. That's you yourself. I'll be back next time. Bye-bye.